Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings and welcome in the most precious and the beautiful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It gives me great pleasure in greeting you on this Build with Hari Rao broadcast. I believe the Lord has kept you, preserved you, and prospered you from the last time we met. I'm so excited to meet you today because the Lord has given a word to bring to you. I'm very, very excited. When you know there are a few things that give me uh, this kind of great joy. A few things give me this kind of joy. And one of this is that when God gives a word for His people. So today I'm excited to bring God's word to you. So if you have not already shared uh, the broadcast, please consider sharing it. Put it on your social media. Send the link to somebody because today is going to bless somebody. Welcome to the School of Purpose Part 2. With that being said, let's pray and start. Father, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and for the privilege of sitting at this table and communing with you and sharing in the word and breaking of the word, Lord. Our people and I consider it a high privilege to be blessed of you, to partake in this word, in this capacity, Lord. Lord, I know that as we journey into the school of purpose, this will not just be an academic exercise. This will not just be a matter of gathering information. This will not just be a time where we, our minds are tickled and our souls are tickled. But Lord, this will become the catalyst that allows us to walk into the divine destiny, into the purposes that you have created us for, Lord. Lord, this will, this will not be a mere exercise of gathering information, but this will be the catalyst that will take us into our God-given destiny. Now, whichever spirit that is coming against the people of God, that is coming against the children of God and stopping them from walking into their God-given destiny, now I stand in the grace of God that has been given to me and I stand in the office that the Lord has allowed me to stand in by His grace. Let every spirit that is a hindrance to your divine destiny be removed this night by the grace of God. Let every serpent that has lied to you, that has crippled you, that has kept you down, let that spirit be removed from your presence. Father, I thank you that you are a prayer-answering God. Victory is already ours, O oh God. I give all glory and all honor and all power and all praise to your holy name, Lord Jesus Christ. In your name we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. Ah, we thank God. I want to, I want to make this distinction as we get into the word. See, when a word of the Lord comes to us, some of us listen to it like we're sitting in a school or a college as an activity of gathering information. It's more than gathering of information. It's more than an academic exercise. It is more than our minds being tickled. When a, when a word from the Lord comes, it's an invitation to walk into that very dimension. When we talk about purpose, it's not because I just want to give you information of how to walk into your purpose. It is because the Lord desires all of us to walk into His destiny and walk into His purpose and lead fulfilling, rich, full lives. He wants us to complete the race that is set before us. So please, do not treat this as an exercise of just gathering information. 
but rather hear it as the father's invitation to enter into your god-given destiny amen i know you are a spiritually intelligent people so you'll hear the spirit behind the word last week we talked about how identity is greater than assignment i got a lot of uh, messages about that because we have been we have been taught in such a way that we always glorified the works we all of us glorified the works and we were never taught in proper way that identity precedes assignment and in in many ways your identity is greater and superior to the works you do i i i i put out a an instagram post yesterday where i said this your works do not give you identity your identity give you works child of god you will do well to remember this your works do not give you identity your identity give you works isn't it fascinating when you begin to think about that God called Abraham a father of many nations before he could even father a single child. So if we had to ah dear Lord help us. If we had to give Abraham a name and a title based on the works of his life, based on what his body had already produced, based on what he had actually accomplished in life, then fatherhood is something that we could not give because there were no works. There was no evidence, there was no proof of that thing yet. There was no works. So we could not have called Abraham father. We could not have called Abraham papa. We could not have called Abraham dad because why there was no works yet. And yet God comes to Abraham before the works are there, before the works could manifest and gives him his identity and says you are a father of many nations. Your seed shall fill the earth. The stars in the sky and the sands on the earth will not be enough. to count the number of children and grandchildren and great grandchildren that will proceed out of you what did god give him he gave him an identity he said you are a father to many nations ah you're a father to many nations identity and out of that identity came isaac out of that identity came the works out of that identity came the children out of that identity came the promises out of that identity came the grace to fulfill the prophecies that were given to him so child of god works don't give you identity identity give you works you will do well to remember this you will do well to remember this so look at your children and don't wait for the marks card to tell you that they are smart don't wait for the for the school teacher to tell you based on how they did maths and based on how they did english tests and based on how don't wait for that result even before they go to school look at your children and say you are blessed you are intelligent you are smart you are wise the wisdom of god flows through you give them the identity and out of the identity will flow the works today that is our biggest problem child of god we have outsourced the job we have outsourced the assignment we have outsourced the job of where we get our identity from we get our identity from all the wrong sources except from the authorized way that god has allowed us to get our identity from which is primarily from him from from his son the first born son jesus christ we derive our identity from the lord jesus christ i hope this is helping somebody no i i i i want all of us to journey together sometimes sometimes not everybody is diligent enough to join us every week or every day of the week because we do this twice a week we do it on wednesdays 
and on Saturdays. And sometimes they join us midway through. And, and, and as a father, I feel sad because they are not going to be able to run at the same speed as the others who have consistently joined us. So that's why I take some time in every broadcast to summarize what I have taught the previous week so we can all grow together. So we can all mature together. That not one will be left behind. That not one will be found weak. So child of God, remember this. Out of your identity flows your assignment. Yes. Out of your identity. Out of who you are flows what you do. If you can understand who you are, what you do will come very easily for you. <laughs> can I say that to you one more time? If you can understand who you are, if you can understand who you are, what you must do will become much easier for you. The prodigal son did not know who he was. So he took all the money and the wealth and spent it in ways and avenues that were not glorifying God. Because he didn't know who he was, he squandered away his father's wealth. He spent his time, energy, youth in meaningless things. But one day he realized where he belongs to and to whom he belongs to. And he returned to the father, understood who he was, understood he's a son, understood that he's a child of the father. And out of that came the works. So you will do well, child of God. You will do well. You will do well. So are you ready for today? If you are, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. I'm telling you, I'm so excited to bring you this because it came to me fresh last evening. It came to me fresh as I was sitting and meditating. It's a very simple truth, what I'm about to share with you today. But it's something that I have not heard in this manner. It's of course biblical, it's based on the word of God, but I have not quite heard it this way. So I'm very excited to share it with you and uh, I believe you're going to be blessed. See, when we talk about identity, I know the title, sometimes I'm wondering, I was talking to the Lord and said, God, I was telling God, says, God, maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> I should have called this the school of identity and not the school of purpose, you know. But, but as I was reflecting on that thought, I realized that we cannot talk about purpose without talking about identity. Because to talk about works, to talk about assignments without talking about identity is to make you a servant. Because only servants are given jobs to do without first telling them who they are. You know, these may think, the, the, these ideas and concepts may seem very simple to your mind. But if the philosophy of what I am teaching, if the spirit of what I'm teaching gets down into your heart, oh, your, your future is secure. Your future is glorious. Because we as a society, we as a generation, I don't want to say we, but society in general, the biggest crisis that is happening today is an identity crisis. Men don't know what it is to be men anymore. Women don't know what it is to be women anymore. Fathers don't know what it is to be fathers anymore. Mothers don't know what it is to be mothers anymore. Husbands don't know what it is to be husbands. Wives don't know. So, so everything is fluid. Everything is goes. Everything is my personal truth. Ah, it's a bunch of rubbish. Sorry. <laughs> I was very strong when I said that. And a lot of these doctrines of the enemy the half-truths, the lies of the enemy are beginning to creep into the church. Now, in our quest to be relevant to the world, we are losing our spirituality. Because we want to sound like the world, because we want to be accepted by the world, because our ideas and thoughts should not be jarring to the world, should not be confusing to the world. We have watered the word of God down so much. Now, we don't know if, if we are preaching the truth of the Bible, if we are 
preaching the truth of the word or if we are just echoing the sentiments of our generation in our quest to be relevant we are missing out on the truth let me say that to you one more time in our quest to be relevant to be accepted to not be challenged to not be ridiculed to not be laughed at we are beginning to mimic and sound and echo like the world does the value systems of the world the ideas of the world ah dear god you see apostle paul um sorry apostle peter said it this way he said we are a peculiar people <laughs> he said what he said we are a peculiar people we are a strange people he said ah, when the world looks at us they will always be confused by us so we are not meant to fit in we're not meant to gel in we're not meant to be um how do i say this we're meant to stand out in a sense there will be parts of us that the world will never understand there will be parts of us our friends will who are unbelievers will never understand so if our desire to be understood is so strong if if all we want to be is accepted if all we want to be is understood then we will sacrifice our identity and become what people want us to become instead of remaining realizing who god made us to be okay this may sound like a little rant but i promise you we're going in the right direction <laughs> i hope you are i hope you are learning i hope you are enjoying I hope you're learning and I hope you enjoy. Identity. We're in the school of purpose. This is part 2. I remember a time when I first got saved. <laughs> uh when I first got saved, I was so radically saved. It was day and night. somebody told me that uh, we should not listen to secular music now i didn't know i didn't know the theology i didn't know just somebody in the church told me ah oh, as christians as children of god or whatever it is they said we should not listen to secular music overnight i stopped all secular music i stopped all movies i stopped all i mean i, I love playing cricket i stopped watching cricket at one point you know it may sound a bit religious but stay with me i'm taking you somewhere and i was all of the age of 16 child people of god i was 16 i was 16 my love for jesus at that time was so strong my passion for jesus was that strong i didn't care what i had to give up so one day there was a youth meeting at our church and there was only about 10 15 people and many of the uh prominent youth leaders and and young 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 people in the church were there and i was so excited because i was like wow these are people on fire for god and 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 we started talking and this is happening in a church building okay in the church building uh, uh, some of them were pastors kids and and uh, the majority of the conversation was about a concert that was happening by a secular artist and the music that was playing and and it had been so long that i'd listened to the secular music by the way the, if you if you are listening to secular music or you watch movies i'm not throwing stones at you please i'm not um i i go watch a movie myself when i can sometimes so um but i'm trying to take you somewhere and i didn't know any of this artist i didn't know any of these uh, um Uh, this music that they were talking about and this is happening in the church and i sat there thinking and there was peer pressure i'm like oh my god these are the the most cool kids in my church these are kids that i see on the stage these are kids i see that are being used by god and i don't know this music and and i felt like the odd one out and then they asked me hurry you you don't know this artist i said i don't listen to secular music and they looked at me like they saw a ghost and i felt awkward even telling them about my convictions child of god we are a peculiar people 
We're not meant to fit in. We're not meant to get along and do along and do anything, say anything, just so we feel we belong somewhere. Make sure where you get your sense of belonging from. Make sure you guard what you love and who you love. Because if you end up loving the wrong things to make them happy, if you will end up loving the wrong company to make them happy, you will sacrifice your identity on the altar of love, on the altar of being accepted, on the altar of being celebrated. The wisest man on the earth was Solomon. After Jesus Christ, there was nobody wiser than Solomon. He was given the gift of wisdom, the blessing of, uh, of wisdom. And Solomon loved strange women. He went after women that did not fear the Lord. He kept company with women that did not fear the Lord, that did not worship the Lord. He was very anointed, very wise. And, and in the first few times, he was able to manage it. But over the years, the company he kept caused him to walk away from God. The wisest man sinned against God because of who he loved. He forgot who he was. He forgot whose he was because of what his heart loved. I haven't even gotten into what I'm supposed to teach you. Uh, but, but stay with me, please. Stay with me. I, we have a lot of young people that watch us. We have a lot of young people and, and it's my greatest joy and honor to mentor them, father them through these videos. Young man, young woman, young child of God, young daughter, young son, listen to me. Guard who you love. Just because they're on a stage platform, just because you see them ushering, or just because you see somebody being popular, doesn't mean they fear God. Just because somebody holds a microphone, doesn't mean they fear God. So guard your heart. Love with the fear of the Lord. Pick the partners, the relationships, the one that you will marry with great diligence. I'm not trying to create fear, but if you end up loving somebody that is not sent by God, if you end up loving someone that doesn't fear God, it's only a matter of time to accommodate them. You will forget who you are. You will lose your convictions. And you'll end up doing things that God is not happy about. So guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. <laughs> it is better for you to be single for a season than, with, than be with people that don't fear God. <laughs> I don't have to say, thus say the Lord, for me to be prophesying. <laughs> okay. I can, I can feel you drawing from the presence of God. Okay, so let's, I want to introduce to you two things, two things. I want to introduce to you two concepts or two ideas. I want to present to you these two ideas. There is a duality in how God grants us identity. There is a way that our identity is shaped and formed. This may sound a bit confusing in the beginning, but it will make perfect sense to you. Okay? There, is, there are two specific things that are going to contribute to your identity that will eventually shape your purpose. Okay? First one is your eternal identity. Can I say that to you one more time? The first thing God grants you is your eternal or your everlasting identity. The identity that doesn't change with seasons. 
the identity that doesn't change if you are alive on earth or alive in heaven. <laughs> yeah, the identity that remains with you and part of you on earth and in heaven. That is an eternal identity and that is determined by your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you become born again, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are adopted into the family of God as a son of God in Christ Jesus. Those whom he, though, to, as, to as many as received him, John chapter 1, to as many as received him, to them he gave the power to be the sons of God. So your eternal identity is that you are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God, not because of your own merit, not because of what you have done, not because of your works, but because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. So you have, you have, you're partaking now in his identity. What is his identity? He's the son of God. He's the firstborn of God. So in him, you're also a son. This is very, 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 very important because a day will come when you stop being the prophet. A day will come, you'll stop being the doctor. A day will come, you'll stop being the train conductor. A day will come, you'll stop being the businessman. Uh, when all those titles are shut down, one title will remain and that is that you are a child of God. And that title is that you are a son of God in Christ Jesus. You belong to God. Mm, that's a good place for you to shout. That's a good place for you to get excited because that is an identity that can never be removed from you. Irrespective of your performance, irrespective of your how well you are, how holy you are, how moral you are, whatever, whatever, how rich you are, how poor you are, it's an identity that cannot be removed. Oh, you see, okay, let me say this. Let me say this. Ah, God help us. There is nothing the devil can do to unsun me. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? There is nothing the world, the devil can do to unsun me. I will always be my father's son. See, my, my biological father who gave birth to me, that can never be undone. No, no. Whether I'm a good son or a bad son, wise son or a foolish son, a rich son or a poor son, a smart son or not, a son that does well in school or not, uh, irrespective of all of these other things, one truth remains forever. I am my father's son, right? Similarly, ah, you are a son of the Most High God. Oh God, I'm telling you, everything in me is exciting. Everything means jumps up. Everything because it's it's an identity that can never be robbed from you. It's a position that you can never be removed from. It's your eternal identity. I am a child of God in Christ Jesus. I am a son of God in Christ Jesus. I am a daughter of the Most High God. In ah, it is it is proof of your relationship with your heavenly Father. That identity is given to you as a relational identity. And it's forever. It's forever, it's forever, it's forever, it's forever. And that is your greatest blessing. Ah, can, you know, we have to understand these truths. We have to really understand these truths because when we talk about favor, when we talk about blessings, when we talk about enjoying grace from God, we often reduce it to just material things. And there is a grace for those things. There is a grace for um, material blessings. There is a grace for um, prospering in life. And all of that is true. But your greatest favor, your greatest blessing is that you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. The courts of heaven recognize you. God himself calls you his offspring in Christ. And that is your eternal identity. That is your eternal identity. That is your permanent. They can take your car away. 
They can take your house away. They can take your church away. They can take your money away, but they cannot take your identity away. And if you can keep your identity, you can rebuild the house. You can rebuild the church. You can rebuy the car. You can rebuy the house. Why? Because everything flows out of your identity. So the enemy doesn't come to steal your stuff. He comes to steal your identity. What did he come to Jesus say? If you are the son of God, <laughs> if you are what you say, if you are who you say, then do this. I hope you are learning something today. I hope you are learning something today. So your eternal identity is derived from your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what I taught you last week. As he is, so are we. As he is, so are we. As he is, he's a son, I am a son. He calls Godfather, I call Godfather. This is very important. Very, 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 very important. Very important. Second, there is, first is your eternal identity which is based on your relationship with God. It's based on your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's based on how you respond to the message of the gospel. And second, God gives us a functional identity. One more time. God gives us a functional identity. And this is decided by where God places you in the body of Christ. This is a functional identity. There is an eternal identity and out of that eternal identity flows a functional identity. And that is decided by where God, not you, you can't pick it, I can't choose it. Where God chooses to place you in the body of Christ where Christ decides to locate you, where, where the Holy Spirit decides to place you in the body of Christ, that gives you a functional identity. I'm telling you, I have been serving the Lord. I have been teaching and be, I have been walking with the Lord for almost 20 years now. For almost 20 years. And I have never heard this before. Maybe there's somebody who started, but I have not read it. I have not heard it. This is coming to you fresh from the throne of grace. Let me read a verse for you, please. Go with me to just so somebody will say, ah, oh, where is this in the Bible? <laughs> uh, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read a verse for you. Ah, I am excited. Are you guys learning something? <laughs> we thank God. We thank God. Functional identity. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. But as it is, listen to this, okay? This is in your Bible and mine. <laughs> but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Ah, one more time. But God, as it is, God arranged the member. God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. So there are many parts in the body. There are many members in the body. That's why uh, uh, Paul says, you are the body of Christ. So if I am the body of Christ, if I am the extension of the body of Christ, I don't pick what I am in the body. You don't get to pick who you are in the body. The Holy Ghost, God himself, divinely places you in the body. And based on your location, based on your function, you are given an identity. Oh, help us, Lord. Let, let's read a couple of verses now. Let's read a couple of verses now. Okay, let's go back to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Please pay attention to every word. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, 
so it is with Christ. Which means the heart cannot say, I am an entity by myself. The lungs cannot say, I am an entity by myself. The limbs cannot say, I am an entity. No, 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 no. Whether you're the leg, whether you're the fingers, whether you're the heart, whether you're the lungs, you're the liver, whatever you are, you are one body. So irrespective of where I am in the body of Christ, I am considered part of that one body. Ah, thank God. Let's continue. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. (laughs) For in one spirit, we were all baptized in one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink from one spirit. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would make it that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Ah, dear God. Now jump with me to verse 27. This is where you're going to see some some power. Okay. Now you are the body of Christ. Individually members of it. (laughs) And God, I... And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, various kinds of stuff. Are all prophets? Are all apostles? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? I Do you see what's happening here? Ah, my God. This is powerful. Child of God. I want you to understand this. God help us, Holy Spirit. Now, now you think of all the times somebody came and taught you how to discover your purpose. Someone came and taught you how to discover your assignment. Do you realize how much of bad theology we have been given? (laughs) Your function is decided by God. And he decides your function and he places you in the body of Christ how he sovereignly chooses. It may look like you decided to be the dentist. It may look like you decided to work at the bank. It may look like you think it was, uh, yeah, I should start ministry because nobody's doing ministry in this location. No, 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 child of God. God divinely, sovereignly, placed you in a location to carry out a function. If you don't understand this, you are going to spend a lot of time confused. You're going to find this journey of discovering Christian purpose and our purpose in Christ very frustrating. Very frustrating. So one, you have an eternal identity, which is the Son of God. And then you have a functional identity. Let me let me explain this to you with some examples. At the baptismal waters of Jordan, when the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized, the Father came and said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. What is He speaking? It's His eternal identity. This is my beloved Son. It's based on relationship, not on works. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Identity, eternal identity. But is it true that Jesus was also savior? Is it true that he was also a healer? Is it true that he was also the deliverer? Is it true that he was also the one that brings peace? Is it true that he is also the one that breaks the chains and brings breaks the bondages? Is it true that he's the one that destroyed the works of the enemy? Absolutely. He is the savior. He is the deliverer. He is the uh, he is the one that breaks the chains of the enemy. He is the son of God. So 
So there is the eternal identity which is the Son of God and out of that came a functional identity of a Savior. In eternity, He's always the Son. In the triune Godhead, He is the Son. Ah, in Trinity, He is the Son, the Father, Son and the Holy Ghost, right? In the Trinity, He's not called the Savior. In the Trinity, He's not called the Deliverer. In the Trinity, He's called the Son. Why? Because that's His eternal identity. But when His people needed to be saved, when His people needed to be redeemed, when His people needed to be delivered, He took on the function of the Savior. He took on the function of a deliverer. He took on the function of a healer and He came to them as a deliverer. He came to them, oh dear God. That's why you see a very powerful uh, interaction between Moses and God. He, at one point at, the, at his encounter with the burning bush, he says, whom shall I say sent me? Where, what shall I say when the people ask me, who sent you? Which God sent you? What, what is your name is what he was asking. Tell me who you are. So when I go to Egypt, when I go to the people of Israel, I tell me what should I say sent me? Who sent me? He says, what is your name? And God didn't say deliverer, although he had come down to deliver. <laughs> he had heard the cries of the people. He had heard the prayers. He had heard the tears. And the scripture says he came down to deliver his people. He, he came down to deliver. But when Moses says, who are you? What did he say? I am that I am. Because I cannot be limited to one function. I cannot just be deliverer. I cannot just be healer. I cannot just be a savior. I cannot just be the miracle worker. I cannot just be provide because these are all the different functions I put on. But if you ask me who I am, I am that I am. Your, my identity is too vast to be confined to one title. Oh, I... Maybe I'm just talking to the walls today. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself and I'm preaching to the lights and the cameras, you know. But I hope somebody catches what I'm saying. Somebody catches what I'm saying. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because if you, we as a church, we as a society have obsessed over our functional identity, Think of all the prophecies we have been given. All the times prophets have come and they've gotten all, us, all of us excited. What did they say? You are a prophet to the nations. You are a mighty man of God. You're going to be anointed and so on. And all of that is true, but they are functional identities. And, and when somebody walks up to you and says, God calls you a son. God calls you a beloved son. You're like, oh man, that's not exciting. There's a, ah. So what has happened is we have been tricked into getting excited over our functional identities and we are not allowed to celebrate our eternal and permanent identities, uh, which is to be a son. Your eternal, uh, God help us. Because what I'm about to teach you today, what I am teaching you today is going to is going to shake your theology. It's going to uh, shake your theology because not everybody teaches these things. So your eternal identity as a son is dependent on your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ sovereignly places you in the body of Christ. Okay? In the body of Christ. In the body of Christ. And who comprises in the body of Christ. It's all the believers, all the sons and daughters. Yeah, yeah. So he places you in a company, in a family, in a group, in a certain context. So his body is full of people, both in heaven and on the earth, right? The body of Christ is just the people who are born again. There are no angels that are part of the body of Christ. There are no other spirits. Only people born again, sons and daughters. Those who are in heaven and those who are here together make the body of Christ. Correct? So when he places you, he places you amongst a people. So your function, your functional identity is connected 
to the community god has placed you in to not just physical i'm not talking biological i'm not talking if you are a black person you are a white person you are a indian you are a hispanic i'm not talking about that spiritually 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 so he places you in a group in a context in a location where you are allowed to shine where your gifts are allowed to shine where your graces are allowed to shine and those around you compliment you this is uh, very frustrating for the devil because the devil has maximized individual identity oh the glorification of personal greatness the glorification of what i can do uh, how much i can do oh, yeah, 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 yeah. your functional identity is never individual you're not going to like me today it's okay can i say that you are your functional identity your functional purpose in the body is never individual it is based on a community it is based on where you are placed imagine a beautiful carpet and it's nicely embroidered it has beautiful patterns and there are billions and billions of threads that make the carpet and god is the one that is making this carpet beautiful it's like a canvas he's building and my life is one of the threads i play a role but that role has no meaning outside the carpet my role has significance only when it finds that location in the carpet that god designed me to be in and it comes together my body my organs my members they are only functional and and they are only playing the role what they are meant to play when they are within the body today you see yeah it is with great sorrow and great pain i tell you these things when i say that your functional identity is not just about you but it is about the people that you are surrounded by physically and spiritually and your function and your purpose is interdependent it's not independent of others it is interdependent <sighs> today we live in a time where even husbands and wives don't have one vision you know they uh, now people sign pre-marriage uh, pre-nuptial contracts pre-marriage nuptials okay not pre-nuptial contracts where they say in case this is even before they get married in case we get divorced you don't get this money you don't get this money this is what you get they're planning for divorce they're planning for separation and how their money is going to be distributed even before they get married you see how the enemy has used culture how the enemy has used movies how the enemy has used philosophers how the enemy has used influencers to slowly indoctrinate and introduce doctrines of the devil theologies and philosophies of the of the devil because now everything is about the individual oh it's, this is my destiny this is my goal this is my journey everything is me 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 personalized personalized but and god never intended it that way because why he is the god of family is the god of families he's the god of communities while he loves you individually he loves you also in context of where you are placed so for you to be functional in the body of christ it cannot be just about you it is about the world around you that god wants you to serve that god wants you to honor that god wants you to value That's why he would take a mighty prophet like Elijah and send him to a poor widow who just has one meal. <laughs> why? So the widow can feed the prophet and the prophet can feed her for the rest of her life. So he yeah. 
you see this interdependence even the great elijah the man who was fed by ravens the man that stopped the uh, the the rain for 3 years stopped the climatic conditions instruction came to him says go find the widow azarafat go find the widow you see how mutually she sustained him and he sustained her the mighty apostle paul he meets god he struck blind and he's then sent to a man says go locate ananias let him pray for you <laughs> let him pray for you do you see what i'm trying to teach your identity your functional identity it's not about individuality it is not about independence it is about you realizing that i exist in the body to glorify god and to serve the members of this body <sighs> unfortunately what we have done we have reduced purpose should i be a doctor should i be a lawyer should i be a businessman should i be the prime minister blah 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 all of those things do you know joseph was ah, you you're not going to like what i'm saying <laughs> joseph was elevated to the second highest position in egypt joseph was elevated to be the prime minister of egypt and enjoy that power enjoy that glory enjoy that authority so that he could feed his family when they came everything else was a secondary consequence him becoming the most second most powerful man him enjoying grace him enjoying favor him enjoying all the benefits him uh, solving world hunger all of that was secondary god elevated joseph so he could sustain jacob and his sons when they came that's the power and that is the way god works don't like it do you if joseph decided to become arrogant and say i'll show you guys who i am jacob come i'll show you who you are my brothers come i'll show you who i am you guys you wanted to you wanted to uh, kill me you wanted to put me in the pit see what god has done for me yeah look at me now i can play with you guys now i can punish you no food for you no no what did he say what you intended for evil god turned it around for good but for whose good not just his good but his family's good child of god this is very important you should get this you should get this sometime ago i was telling somebody i was talking to somebody and i said god cares very very deeply about his children god cares very deeply about his people so he will raise up prophets and priests apostles men and women of god to go and speak to them but if they don't function according to his ways he will fire them but he will never fire his people <laughs> he may chastise them for a season but he will never abandon his people but we have read in scriptures that he has fired prophets <laughs> he's got rid of them when they when he wanted eli is a great example he says i and you, you you can't take care of my people get out functional identity functional identity so then you must ask the question was joseph's function to be was it just to be prime minister or was it to feed his children his brothers so god allowed him to go up to fulfill that function of feeding his brothers he enjoyed all that grace all that power all that elevation all that anointing so he could glorify god and take care of his brothers take care of his dad and mom take care of his brothers because god ordained it that way ah this is a mystery 
This is a mystery. Do you know that's why the early church sold everything they had and gave it, came and put it at the apostles' feet and the apostles distributed the money as they had been. There was no my money and your money. There was no my house and your house. There was no my car and your car. We are one body. We are yet to realize this. We are one body. We are one body. We are one body. We have different functions. We have diversities of functions. We play different roles. We may have different functional identity, but we are one body. One body. One body. So, I have to carefully teach you that you must learn to discern the body. You must learn to discern where you are placed. You must learn. You must learn. You must learn which, maybe next week I'll go, I'll go a little deeper into this and I will show you how the body of Christ is organized. See, this God we serve is a God of order. This God we serve is a God of order. So it's not random. It's not random. Nor is it physical. Nor is it biological. See, if it's okay. Next week we'll talk about this. But let me close with this. Let me close with this. The company you choose, listen to me carefully. The company you choose will decide your destiny. I know it's a very strong statement I'm making, but I'll explain it to you. The company you choose, if you don't do the due diligence of finding out what has God called you to be and where has God placed you, then the company around you will decide your destiny. Okay. Let me explain this to you um, scripturally. Is it not true that it was Satan who first rebelled against God? It was Satan who exalted himself and said, I shall be like the Most High. And God saw his thoughts. God saw that how sin had, was formed in him and how pride was formed in him. And God cast Lucifer out of heaven. He kicked him out. He says, you cannot operate here anymore. He kicked him out. Now this Lucifer goes and deceives one third of the angels. One third. One third of the angelic beings, he deceives them. Now, wait a minute. There was a point where the angels didn't have a problem with God. And God didn't have a problem with those one third angels. He had an issue with Lucifer. He had an issue with only that guy, one guy. He cast Lucifer out. But then Lucifer went around telling stories about God. Telling stories about Elohim. Telling stories about how terrible this God is and how he is the one that should be God himself. And based on their ability to listen to Lucifer, they lost their position because they chose the company of Lucifer over the company of God. They chose the word of Lucifer over the word of God. They, they chose to listen to the lies of Lucifer and what they were also cast down. So whose punishment were they participating in? Did, did, were they participating in their own punishment? Or were they participating in the punishment of Lucifer? Ah, you, you, didn't, you, you, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. So they partook in the curse, they partook in the punishment that was put upon Satan because they chose to believe and keep the company of Lucifer. Oh God, help us Lord. Who was blessed? Was it Lot who was blessed? Or was it Abraham that was blessed? And as long as Lot kept the company of Abraham, he continued to prosper. He continued to be protected. He continued to strive in life. Ay, 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 ay. Whose blessing 
Ah, you didn't hear what I get. Whose blessing was he living in? Because the minute he decided to leave Abraham, his life began to spiral down. His, his, the people around him were sinful. The people around him were, were all kinds of people. And then, then God had to intervene. Then you realize that even his daughters committed some terrible things and he committed terrible things. But as long as he was with Abraham, ah, you didn't hear what I said. He was now benefiting from the blessing that was upon Abraham's life. So now, uh, yeah, 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 we should stop right there. We should stop right there. We should stop right there. Okay. <laughs> okay, one more thing, one more thing. We'll close with this. Uh, God help us. You are saved, not on your own accord, not on your own merit. You are saved because of the work of another man. You are saved because of the works of the Son of God. You are profiting. Your soul has been saved from eternal damnation and from eternal condemnation, not because of what you are and who you are and what you have done, but because you chose to keep the company of the Lord Jesus Christ, because you chose to listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now your soul has been rescued from hell and has been granted access to be in eternal communion with the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father. And when you pass, you will be in heaven. Oh, you didn't get what I... So you're enjoying the merits and the benefits and the privileges that are not your own, but the company that you keep. Who is that company? The Lord Jesus Christ. You have entered a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now you are enjoying not your destiny, not your benefits, but what He has earned for us. So your company will decide your destiny. I've already gone too many places today. I hope you were able to keep up with what I was sharing. So child of God, discern the body of Christ. Investigate where you have been placed. Investigate to whom you have called. And then begin to shine. Next week, we will talk about the organization of the body of Christ. There are two levels of organization and we'll get into that next week. I've already shared some parts of it. Were you blessed today? If you are blessed, let me know. If you learn something today, let me know. Because you are a good group of people. Because uh, I cannot teach this everywhere. I can't go into a conference and begin to open these things. They will think, uh, uh, what is this guy talking? Because they're so used to messages that, that are high octane in the sense that, that get, them, get their souls excited. But you are a group of people that God has decided to bring this information to. So I know that some of you are highly, highly blessed today. Highly blessed. So functional identity, it's, this is a long one. Eh? This is a very long one. It's a very long one. You are born a male, right? You are born a male. You are born a female. Even that the enemy wants to confuse some people with today. You are born a male. You are born a female. But, but you become a son when you recognize a father. You become a daughter when you recognize a father and a mother. You become a husband when you recognize a wife and get married. You become a father yourself when you give birth to a child. Do you see how your identity is shaped based on the relationships you form? A man becomes a father, a man becomes a husband, a man becomes a grandfather, all because of relationships. All because of relationships. A woman becomes a daughter, a mother, a sister, an auntie, all because of relationships. And those relationships produce identity, a functional identity.
but tomorrow we'll talk more i mean not tomorrow wednesday so let me conclude we've discussed so many things please re-listen to this multiple times during the course of this week it will help you i promise you it will help you so two identities one is our eternal identity which is based on our relationship with christ and second is our functional identity which is given to us based on where god places us in the body Amen. We thank God today. We give God all the glory. I pray you have been benefited and blessed by what we have been discussing so far. May the Lord richly bless you. I want to appreciate those of you who are faithful in your giving, who are faithful in bringing your tithes and your offerings. The Lord sees you, the Lord sees your heart, and may the Lord richly bless your finances this year. Amen. So, God bless you. I'll see you next Wednesday, sharp at 8 p.m. May the Lord be with you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please consider sharing it. And for more information, log on to harirao.com.